Do you know what today is? Pentecost Sunday. Everybody say Pentecost. This is my favorite holiday. Oh my goodness. I am Pentecostal. I'm unashamed of it. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to begin at verse 1. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Would you stand to your feet? We honor the reading of God's word in this house. I've been sharing, I feel like I've preached more messages on the book of Acts this year than ever before. Do you want to know why? We can look and we see all the negative signs and trends that are going on in the world today. You know that COVID-19, that disease, pandemic, pestilence. Jesus actually prophesied we would see more of that kind of thing as we saw the return of Jesus nearing. He warned us that would happen. Even we see right now, and we've been praying, we took some serious time on Thursday night, and we prayed for all of the racial tensions, the violence that's gone on, the injustice that's there, but now all the rioting in that. And I mean, I'll tell you guys, we, we need to see revival. We need to see peace. We need to see unity. We need to see a baptism of love absolutely touch our nation right now. I believe that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, even for that situation. But what I'm, I'm looking at here is, uh, you know, the fact that Jesus prophesied we would see a rise in ethnicities fighting with one another. He prophesied that in Matthew 24 and on and on. And we can look at all the negative things that are going on. Oh, now we got murder hornets. Okay. And I, I saw a picture that my wife shared the other day. And this lady kind of hunched over looking, trying to figure out what chapter of Revelation we're going to do today. Anybody felt like that over this time? By the way, did you know that once you're in your section, your pod, you don't have to wear that mask? Just so you know. Now, you're coming and going, put it back on if you come for prayer or something. But if you're, uh, okay, praise God, never mind. Uh, <laughs> or wear it if you want. If that, you, truly, I, I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, are you there? Did I even say? I believe that there are some great, great things that the Lord is going to do. And that's what I want to share about this morning. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. This is what it says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Everybody say fire. Oh, that's one of my favorite words. There came divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How many got filled that day? Oh, yeah, you got it. They were all filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were dwelling in, the, uh, in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, watch this, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. They were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Now, this is confusing. Some of the guys actually accuse him. These guys are drunk. They're like, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. What you guys talking about? Peter gets up and he preaches. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 and begins to lay out how this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we have believed for. Now, watch this. Jump down to verse 36. 36. It's the conclusion of his message. This is what he says. Therefore, 
Let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to pour out his spirit on us today. Amen. Come on. Let's lift up our voice right now. Mighty God, we just ask you right now, Lord, would you open the heavens over this time in this meeting? God, would you pour out? We believe that, Lord, what you did in the book of Acts, you can do today. We believe that as we're in the last days and as your return is nearer and nearer, God, we believe that your spirit is being poured out in greater measure than ever before. We believe in the last days you're pouring out your spirit on all flesh, sons and daughters, men and women, young and old. And God, we ask you, do that for us today. Let an anointing rest upon me as I bring forth your word and anoint the listener in this place, mighty God, those in this house, those who are joining us online. Move and minister over each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Oh, hallelujah. I'm fired up. I'm ready for the altar call right now. Oh, my goodness. We had a good altar call in the first service. But let's, let's look at this. I want to teach you some things. Um, you know, doctor mentioned, even in the video we watched a moment ago, how three times a year it was commanded that all of Israel were to come together into the temple where they would worship, they would give offerings, and they would thank God for various kinds of things. In fact, three festivals that they were commanded, and you'll see in, in Exodus uh, chapter 12 as well as Leviticus 23, the Bible actually makes it clear that all generations and all people forever are to honor these three festivals. Now you may be wondering, Pastor Jacob, aren't those Jewish festivals? Isn't that a Jewish tradition? It is. But what's absolutely incredible, and we're going to look at this, you'll see that by God's calendar, he lined up very significant events with every one of these festivals that have great meaning for us as New Testament Christian believers. Three festivals that we are uh, instructed to celebrate. The first one we actually just celebrated recently is the Feast of Passover or uh, Easter, you understand. Easter actually falls on Passover. And what happened was, what happened was in the book of Exodus, you, you probably know this story, the Lord was getting ready to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of captivity. And what happened was the 10th the plague came and the Lord spoke to Moses. He says, listen, I'm getting ready to send a death angel. It's going to come into all of Egypt, into all of the, into the whole region and area. But if you will take and sacrifice a lamb, if you will shed its blood and take a little of that blood, in fact, it says take hyssop, which is a, for, it was a plant, and you take that hyssop and you apply the blood to the doorpost. When that death angel were, were to come, if it saw the blood applied to the doorpost, the Bible said he would pass over that house. That's why we call it Passover. Everybody say Passover. 
Now, what's very significant is Jesus was crucified during Passover. And you think about the symbolism in all of this. Jesus, the Bible says, John the Baptist. You, you realize he was called John the Baptist because it was before the Holy Spirit had been poured out. If John had been after Acts chapter 2, he'd be John the Pentecostal, right? Just like us. So praise God. I was a Baptist, and then I got the Holy Ghost, and now I'm a Pentecostal. Praise God. Okay. Um, that wasn't very funny. Never mind. <laughs> But you think about the symbolism with this thing. So Jesus, he dies on Passover. And what happens is now the blood can be applied to our life. And where you and I were looking at being the recipients of not just death, but the Bible says eternal death or the second death because the blood of the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, has been applied to our lives. Now eternal death will pass us over and we can stay step into eternal life. Oh my goodness. In fact, I love even what, what the, the, uh, David prays in Psalm 51. He prays, Lord, purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. The very same thing that they use to spread the, the blood on the doorpost. What wonderful pictures. And so you see that Passover has great significance even for us today. We just celebrated it with Easter. Now, later on this year, we're going to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And what would happen during Tabernacles, there was a time as the children of Israel were in the desert for 40 years. Now, I don't know if you can imagine living in a desert for 40 years. And you don't get to make Costco runs once a week. What would happen is these guys were living in the desert in tents or what they called booths. This is why they would call it the Feast of Tabernacles or you'll see in other translations calls it the Festival of Booths. It was a remembrance of how God provided for Israel during their 40 years. He gave them water from a rock. He gave them quail and when they complained about that he gave them manna and then they complained about that and God about killed them but then Moses prayed for them and you know, that whole account is a testimony of how gracious and good our God is. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. There's a great, by the way, there's a book that is written by a man of God named Steve Muncy. And he lays out a case for the Feast of Tabernacles and how he believes that Jesus Christ in his second coming will actually come back during the Feast of Tabernacles. I read the book. And I'm actually on the same page as him. In fact, this year, we're going to take some serious time, probably about six weeks, and we're really going to participate in the Feast of Tabernacles, some of the, the fasting and the ways that they pray, some of the reflections, because I'm going to make sure you guys are ready for the rapture of Jesus Christ. Amen? You want to be ready? You better be ready today. Don't wait till... Praise God. <laughs> But here's the third one, and this is what we want to talk about today, is the Feast of Pentecost. Oh my goodness. Now, this is so exciting. So you may think, Pastor, what do we celebrate with the Feast of Pentecost? Well, they did three things, and you'll actually see that the three ways that they honored the Lord. How is it 1052 already? Oh my goodness. Okay. Praise God. I've only got 26 points for you today, so let's see if I can get through them all in eight minutes, and then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. First of all, Pentecost celebrates the giving of the law. Pentecost.
Pentecost celebrates the giving of the law. Now, you and I, I just want to encourage you, today is Pentecost. And we ought to be a people that celebrate the giving of the law. Now, what in the world are you talking about, Pastor Jacob? What they would recognize at this point in time was the fact that the time where Moses went up onto the mountain and he received the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments and then began to proceed and began to write all of what we call today the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Now, can you imagine living as a young Jewish boy, a young Jewish girl, can you imagine if you had to memorize and live your life by those five books of the Bible. I mean, have you even read, have you ever read the book of Leviticus or Numbers or Deuteronomy? I mean, there's exciting moments in there, and sometimes you just get in an attitude to read something like that, but overall, they are tremendously boring books. And can you imagine not only having to memorize those books, but then live by those books? And when you fail at some standard that is set in those scripture, now you have to take an animal, take it to a priest, sacrifice that animal, bloody ordeal, just so your sins can be forgiven so you can go and mess up a week later. I mean, that's the process. That's how these guys, you ought to be so thankful for the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost. Let me read to you a couple of verses. The Bible says in Ezekiel eleven nineteen, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put in them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel's prophesying about something that's about to happen. Another passage, Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. Let me give you one more. Jeremiah 33. I'm sorry, 31, 33. This is the covenant I will make with my people, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. You know, the book of Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10 actually lets us know that that is exactly what he's talking about. The outpouring of the Spirit in the fact that God lives in and with each and every one of us. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful that I don't have to memorize five books of the Bible and live by every standard. In fact, I've had people ask me over time, like, well, pastor, can we, should we put up the Ten Commandments somewhere in the church? And I'm, I actually am not a big fan of that. You don't know Why? I would much rather have people get baptized in the Holy Ghost and learn to be a spirit-led people rather than am I following the thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, ten times over, thou shalt not. I want you to think about it. This, uh, this is a, a goofy kind of example, but my wife sent me to the grocery store the other day and she sent me to buy baking soda. Or maybe it was baking powder. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't even know the difference. Okay. They look the same. I get confused because soda sounds like it should be next to the Pepsi and the Coke products. Right. And I'm looking at these things and I, I, I mean, I get there and Leah's like, I want you to get bake. What was it even? Baking powder. Okay. See, this is a problem. I get there and I don't remember what it was. And so she gives me the instruction, go get the baking powder. I want to make a cake. All right. 
So my son and I go and we walk down every single line in Foodland, every single aisle, twice because we could not find this thing. So I try calling my wife, but I don't know if you husbands have ever had this issue. It's always in moments like this. She doesn't answer her phone. And I don't know how that's possible because there's never a moment I see her without her phone. Like, how is it that when I need you, I need you to be careful. There, um, <laughs> Pastor Janelle was telling a story about Pastor Colleen throwing her shoe at Dr. Morocco for making her look bad. But, so I won't do that. My wife's amazing. Praise God. But I tell you, I, I went in there and I didn't know what I was getting. And you know what is a much more pleasurable experience is when my wife is with me. And she knows exactly where it is. It's not a long ordeal. I can just walk behind her and see how pretty she looks. And it's just great. And then and she knows, oh, here's the three options that we have for baking. And now this is the one that we should get. It's not as expensive, but it's better than this one. And let's get this one. And then we go home and then she makes me a cake. <laughs> Praise God. That is much better. And to me, I feel like that's kind of how our relationship with, with the law is. You can live by the Ten Commandments or the first five books of the Bible and make sure thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not ten times over. Or you can say, Holy Spirit, I believe what you did on Pentecost allows your spirit to come and dwell in me and with me. And rather than me living by stone tablets, now you write the law on my heart. And you know what that is? That's relational. That's Holy Spirit walking with me. And when I'm going the wrong, hey, you're walking down the wrong aisle, it's over here. Holy Spirit's directing you. When you're getting ready to eat something, you shouldn't. You say something, you shouldn't. You think something, you should Holy Spirit is right. It's relationship. We ought to celebrate the giving of the law. Are you trekking with me so far? Praise God. The second thing that we celebrate is God's provision. Now, during this time in, in, in Hebrew culture, what they would do is, is they would plant their grain, and then it was during this time of year that generally they would bring in the first harvest, and so they would bring to the Lord their first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. You know what that means? It's the first part of what you're harvesting. This is very important. These guys, I mean, these guys were farmers for the most part, and what was very wild, my wife and I... We pastored in Illinois where we had many farmers in our church. And, and this was a new concept to me. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in the tithe. In fact, we, you know, if you don't tithe, you're not even qualified to lead in our church. And we've always held that standard. If, if your heart's not in this, if you're not investing in this, then you're not going to lead this. That makes sense? And we held that standard. And there were guys who were serving in our youth ministry. And one guy was an elder, in fact. And uh, occasionally they'll watch. I'll just give a shout out to Brother Todd Dial. And uh, Todd Dial, I mean, it confused me at first because I'd get the giving report and I never saw Todd Dial on the giving report. And Todd Dial was an elder in my church. And I'm just thinking, I'm scratching my head. How is this guy an elder? And he doesn't even tithe. But then something happened. He disappears for about two weeks solid. What in the world's going on? And all of a sudden, I find out he's a farmer, and it's harvest season. And he lives out on that field during the harvest. And when all of it's done, when he 
takes what he needs to, to sow back into the ground, when he sells what he doesn't need for his profit, he came with almost a $15,000 check. All of his giving in one moment. And that's his giving for the entire year. And he has the rest of the year to live on the rest of that 90%. That's how farmers do. I mean, could you imagine giving, I mean, some of you give that much, but it's all spaced out all throughout the year. Could you imagine giving it at one time? All of a sudden, I understood how farmers give. And that's what was going on right here. They would bring in their first fruits, and they would bring to the Lord a generous offering. In fact, it was commanded, don't even come if you're empty-handed, but you come with a gift. Church, we're going to have the opportunity to do that today. At the end of this message, I got... Uh, 25 more points to preach to you. But then we're going to bring to the Lord our victory Pentecost offering. And I want you to pray. And there's two reasons that we do this. First of all, we do it to say thank you. Everybody say thank you. Is anybody thankful for God's provision over your life? Anybody thankful? I mean, God takes good care of us. I look around this room. I don't think anybody here is going hungry. If you're going hungry, you just talk to Auntie Verna, and she'll get you some groceries. Praise God. We'll have that for I mean, God is a good God. He's provided. He's used this church to be a source of, of generosity in his provision, even for this community over this time of pandemic. Do you know that we as King's Cathedral and chapels, I mean, we have given away tens of thousands of pounds of groceries over this time. God has allowed us to do that. And I just say, thank you, God. I celebrate your provision. God, you've been good to me. You've been good to my wife. We've had unexpected blessings, and I'm so thankful. But do you understand the other part of our giving? There's a faith declaration that's tied to this. You realize when these guys would bring to the Lord their first fruits, they were not only saying, thank you, Lord, for a great harvest that we had, but they were also saying, Lord... We trust you with the rest of our harvest. We trust that you can do more with the 10% that I'm giving you than if I were to withhold it. God, I am trusting. I have faith that you are a great provider. And you'll notice, in fact, I want you to do this. Uh, you can do it while I'm preaching. I won't be offended. You'll notice on the victory offering, list what you're believing God for. I want you to give what you sow today in assignment. I want you to put faith into what it is that you decide to give. Like for me, I'm sowing into the house of God, and so I pray, God, I'm believing for a house for me and my family. I say, you know what? I want to see this building paid off, and I'm going I'm to give into the daily seed to see our mortgage payment completely eradicated. And God, I believe that every debt that is attributed to my name will be eradicated. In Jesus' name. You know, when I sow into a missionary or an evangelist, I attach faith to that and say, God, as I am empowering this evangelist to go out and to spread the good news, I declare that my family and my friends also are going to be born again. You write down, I mean, my wife and I, we put down, we've got all 10 lines filled up on ours, okay? We got people that we're believing to get saved. We've got our Kona building. We're asking God for wisdom. We're, we're praying, um, um, we're, we've got prayer requests for our kids on there. I've got our home on there. I've, I've, got, I've got 10 different. I want you to put faith 
into what it is that you choose to give. This is part of our Pentecostal celebration. Hallelujah. And number three, number three, we celebrate the harvest. Everybody say harvest. This is a very, very important point right here. I already mentioned this was a time where they would celebrate the the ingathering of the harvest, the grain. They would bring a portion to the Lord. But here's something incredible that happened on the day of Pentecost. We read the verse a moment ago in verse 5, Acts chapter 2. It says, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, a multitude came together. They were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Verse 9, it goes on. It lists all of the nations that were there, that were present. The gospel was going forward, and I love this verse 40. With many words, Peter testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. This church is harvest time. I don't know about you. I'm not just believing for, man, I love when the Holy Ghost falls and just touches our life. You know what I'm talking about? I love these knock down, drag out kind of meetings. I mean, I really do. I love when Nathan Morris comes. Even in our first service, the power of God started moving. People started hitting the ground. I love that kind of stuff. That may freak some of you guys out, which I don't understand. It's like, you know, back in my worldly days, you go to a party and when somebody's falling and stumbling all over the place, you're thinking, boy, I want what they got, right? You don't know what they've been drinking, smoking, doing. But in our worldly days, we just think, well, they got the good stuff. Why is it when we get in the church, all of a sudden, we people see people falling, stomach, oh, what is that? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love that kind of stuff, man. I love it. And I've been, I've been a skeptic. I, I mean, I'm, I was the guy for years that I would watch people fall out. Was that one real or were they faking? And I don't even care now, man. You, do you want to fall down by faith? Praise God. You courtesy fall, whatever, man. That's what is great. And, uh, and I just, you know, my mentality, I hit the ground. I'm going to stay there for a little while. Why? Because it's like, you know, it's, it's just like you're getting baked in the glory of God. And, and, and I want Jesus to say, well done, my good and faithful service. And I'm going to lay on this side. And I'm going to roll over and I'm going to just bake on that side a little bit. Praise God. Give me one of those nice comfy blankets. I'm getting sidetracked. All right. Praise God. But you know, as much as I love that, as much as I love that, we must never become so inward focused. My touch, my healing, my prophecy. I've watched churches, you guys, they get so me focused all of a sudden, you get lost and hurt and broken and addicted, broken people that come within the house of God. And they see this, this selfish people, and they think there's no place for me in this. I never want to be that. That's why we pray every day, God, give us the harvest. Raise up laborers for this harvest field. I believe what Holy Spirit came to do. Acts 1.8, the power to be a witness. You understand when the Holy Ghost comes on you, there is an assignment that comes on your life as well. Yeah, you may get tickled. You may laugh. You may get drunk. You may fall down. You may feel like you're getting taken up to heaven. That's all wonderful. But when it's all said and done, 
And when the presence, the glory lifts and you stand back on your feet, you better start asking God, what's the assignment on my life? God, you have touched me by your Holy Spirit and your power. Who do you want me to share your, your good news with? Who do you want me to lay hands on? Who do you want me to release your presence and power to? Well, I'm coming to a close. Let me give you 24 points. You think that I'm kidding. I want to give you all of the reason, all the things that happen when the Holy Spirit comes. We're going to pray in a moment. We're going to give our offering. And then we're going to have a moment where we pray. And if you've never received a Holy Spirit, today's your day. Amen. Holy Spirit's going to come on your life. He's going to touch you by power. Yeah. Maybe you're here. Now, man, I used to be filled. I was on fire for God. And, and that's just kind of gone cold. Today is going to be a day of fresh fire for your life. Praise God. Let me tell you what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Number one, you will be baptized, literally received. Do you know the way that you are saved and received into the body of Jesus Christ is through the Holy Spirit? That's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. The Holy Spirit is the one who calls us into ministry. If you want to know what you're called to do, what God has appointed, how, what is desire, you better get filled with the Holy Ghost. Number three, the Holy Spirit gives divine revelation according to John 14, 17. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Number four, how many of you need to be empowered to live this day-to-day -day life? I mean, you, you may think, well, I don't really need that. Listen. If Jesus needed to be empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit to do what he did, and he's the son of God, how much more do you and I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Number five, he fills us according to Acts 4. You don't have to go to bed empty every night wondering, what's this hole in my life? Holy Spirit wants to fill you. Number six, it is a guarantee of our salvation. In fact, I love, the Bible actually calls in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 1.22 and Ephesians 1.14, some translations say that the Holy Spirit is the first fruits. We bring God first fruits. Did you know that he has first fruits for you too? He's giving you the Holy Spirit as just a taste of what heaven and all of eternity is going to look like. Praise God. When the Holy Spirit comes, number seven, he guards us. Oh, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that guards us. He helps us. He illuminates. He opens our spiritual eyes. We don't have to walk around blind in this life any longer. Number 10, uh, he indwells us by his Holy Spirit. He wants to live on the inside of you. Inscribe his law on your heart. Be with you everywhere you go. Number 11, he intercedes for and through us. You ever have a moment? There's an urgent need. You don't know how to pray. Romans 8 says that the Holy Spirit can literally pray through us with groans that cannot be uttered. Sometimes all you can do is just get in the... I'm serious, man. I mean, it may sound funny, but how many of you have ever had those moments of anguish where all you can do is, oh, God. Anybody ever felt that way? Holy Spirit will move and pray through you in those moments. You pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it is powerful beyond imagining. You literally begin to pray the perfect will of the Holy Ghost as you begin to pray in the Spirit. Oh my goodness, I'm getting excited. He produces fruit in our life. Galatians 5, 22. Next, he provides for us spiritual 
character. Oh, that's a good thing. We all need character developed in our life. He regenerates us according to John chapter 3. That means that he restores us. He makes us new that as we're born again, he recreates us in his image. He, oh, this is a good one. He restrains and he convicts of sin. Anybody thankful? You have this moment, so you're about to do something stupid. And you just feel the tug of the Holy Spirit say, don't do that. Don't say that. Tell you, I, I thank God for that all the time. He convicts us. Praise God. He sanctifies us. That means that he makes us holy. He makes us look like him. Number 17, he seals us for salvation. Praise God. He can select overseers. You ever want to know, God, who do you want to lead? Who do you want to be in ministry? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Next, he uh, he's, uh, is a source for fellowship. You need a friend in life? Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Next, he is a source of liberty in our life. Freedom. Hallelujah. He's a source of power in our life. He's a source of unity in our life. He is a source of spiritual gifts in our life. And last but not least, he teaches us by his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Did anybody get all 24 written down? Praise God. Good job, Leah. If you want them, and I got all the scriptures, I can, I can send it to you. But praise God. How many of you would like to receive the Holy Spirit? Amen. Me too. But before we do that, we're going to receive an offering. <laughs> what I want you to do, did you get an envelope when you first came in? And could I get someone just to come up on the piano here? I want you to begin right now to prepare that offering. Now, again, if you, need to, if you need to take it home, if you need to pray about what you would give, maybe you want to give something today and, and you want to do a little bit, but let this be a celebration. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your provision over my life. But let it be a faith declaration for you as well. Like I said, I wrote down 10 different things on here. And I want you to write down some things that you're believing God for in this time. I've given you a lot of heads up. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to do this already? Okay, this is what I want to do. I want to welcome if my, my ambassadors, if you just come join me at the front right here. Can we stand all across this room right now? This is what we're going to do. I want you to take that gift. I want you to hold it in your hand. And uh, Leah, come here. Because we're giving this together. And if you're giving this with your spouse or even with your, your family, I want you to take that envelope if you're texting. In fact, I'm texting to give, but I still filled out an envelope because I wanted to drop my promises, right? I want you to take and I want you to join hands over that gift right now. And let's thank the Lord for his provision. And the vision he's given us and what he's going to do. Mighty God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you. You're, you're generous beyond imagination. You're such a great provider. And Lord, today, even on this day of Pentecost, just as you instructed, we're not coming to you empty-handed, but we're coming with a gift above and beyond our tithe. 
We want to be generous just as you have been generous. We just take this moment to say, thank you, Lord. And God, I just ask that you would see and you would look upon even the faith declarations. We're, we're putting faith behind our seed. We're, we're putting vision to this thing. And we're believing, God, that even as we further your vision, the vision of the kingdom, God, you're going you're gonna to meet our desires as well. So I just pray that you would bless each and every one who's giving generous gifts today. Smile upon the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have a gift, an envelope, I just want you to hold it up. One of our, our ushers are going to come right now and, uh, and receive that. Could I get the rest of my worship team if you'll come right now? And this is how we're going to pray. We're going to do two things before, before I want you to take off. Leah, can you grab that microphone right there? Because I'm going to have you pray. You're anointed and you're full of the Holy Ghost. And this is what I want to do. You're going to pray. And we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit would fill us that he would baptize us and he would anoint us in a new and a fresh way. Amen. And Leah's going to lead us in this prayer. You're going to pray for everybody online too, because listen, if you're watching online at home, God wants to touch you right where you're at as well. Holy Spirit can descend right there in your living room, in your car, wherever you may be watching from. So let's just ask him. Come on, just begin to talk to the Holy Spirit. Leah, would you lead us Amen. in this prayer? Come on, lift your hands. If you want Holy Spirit to fill you up right now, just oh, put your hands God. in receiving mode. Yes, Holy so Spirit, Lord. we want more of you. I just ask this morning that you would baptize your sons and daughters yes, in so your Lord. Holy Spirit and fire, God. Yes, so I just ask that our lives would be changed and transformed because you are so within us and you surround us on every yes, side, so Lord. Lord. Let us be witnesses in these last days that oh, there be an outpouring of your Spirit wherever we go, yeah, God. Basaka, if they're basaka. sick in the community, let them say, call on a Christian, call on one. Yes, That's from Lord. King's Chapel, Lahaina, because there is signs, wonders, and miracles that flow through those people. Oh, Father, God. I just ask, change our yeah, lives basa, today. Katara, Set basa. us on fire and ablaze for the things of you in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Now listen, the Bible says that if you ask for the Holy Spirit, our Father is a good Father and He will not withhold it. If you're watching from your home right now, I would encourage you even right now, just begin to join hands and pray for those who are within your household. We're going to let the live stream go right now, but I want you to continue to pray and ask Holy Spirit to touch you in a profound way. God bless you. Thank you for joining us, online family.